no one is, 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 is more locked in. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkins and Andrew Filippone. Darnell Wright is fine for the Bears. They tried to sign Mike McGlinchey, got outbid. What did I text you, by the way, earlier in the week? I said I heard that the Bears liked Wright even more than Johnson and that that would be their pick. And you said yeah, that you makes did. sense. Yeah, you got a source. Why didn't um, you say that on the air and give me credit? Why didn't you tell Wani? He would have given me some love. I'll do that tomorrow. I'll do that tomorrow. Nice job by you. <laughs> uh, listen, it was the biggest hole on their offense. You can't hate the pick because you need to figure out if Fields is the dude. I would have taken Jalen Carter. I, I feel like you can hate that they passed on Jalen Carter and then be okay with the Darnell Wright pick. You know, like, I, I don't yeah. think that those two things are in conflict with each other. Uh, I just think that, like, if, if Jalen Carter would have gone six to Detroit and then they would have just taken Darnell Wright at nine and they didn't have the option, I'd have zero problem with it. But now I'll be haunted by Jalen Carter being Warren Sapp. Well, I think it's also interesting that you're, the hometown guy there went to Tennessee with the next pick, Skaronsky, who if his arms were like six inches longer, he would have been a top five pick. It's I mean, hilarious. two inches longer. Two inches longer. It's hilarious that he got, he caught, it, his arm length cost him literally millions of dollars, uh, even though he was on tape prob- better than Johnson as a tackle at Northwestern last year. In Tennessee making that pick, so Levis didn't go in the first round. Hooker didn't go in the first round either. But is Tennessee going to do the same thing again where they wait on a quarterback and then take one after night one, Danny, and say, no, 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 we still really like this guy just like they did with Malik Willis last year? I almost feel like one of the low-key big winners of tonight might be Tannehill that he's just going to get a chance to run it back one more year. And because that division is such horse shit, Vrabel's convincing himself, we're going to hold on to Tannehill and Henry and try to win this thing again next year. I mean, isn't that how it feels right now? It it is how it feels right now. I I think Skaronsky is going to be a guard. And, you know, everyone's like, well, if you get Quentin Nelson or you get Zach Martin, you're fine with it. Yeah. But Zach Martin was the 16th pick in the draft. Quentin Nelson was the sixth. Quentin, you, you have to be an all pro at that position to justify this type of investment. And so I just, I, I wouldn't draft a running back. I wouldn't draft a guy that I think is going to be a guard. I wouldn't draft a safety. Like, Top half of the first round, certainly top 10. It's why I didn't want the Bears to take him. You know, I know this is the 11th pick, not top 10. He just, to me, the ceiling is lower on a guy like that. And if he does have to slide into guard and he's merely very good, it's not a good pick. Because I'd rather have the 10th best tackle in the NFL than the best guard. Yeah. And so it just, it really pigeonholes you for what he has to be. And now the draft gets weird, Pony. The Lions, <laughs> so they have, they end up with the 12th pick and the 18th pick after the trade. And so now they have five picks in the top 55. 
So good team, good roster, favorite to win the division, great offensive line, committed to Jared Goff and all of that. But they have DeAndre Swift, they signed David Montgomery, and the first pick that they use is on Jameer Gibbs from Alabama. I'm sure he'll be great. David Montgomery's not fast. Gibbs is. I don't know why they don't like DeAndre Swift, but how in the world could they look at their defense, their secondary, their linebacker core, and I know they address linebacker with Campbell from Iowa with the 18th pick, and the interior of their defensive line, and say, you know what we need? We need a running back with the 12th pick. Well, so this is, to me, like Dan Campbell got all of this, and he deserved it for the way that that team started poorly, and then in the second half of the season by the end of the year was probably the third best team in the NFC behind only Philadelphia and San Francisco based on how they closed the season. And most of it was offensively. They had to fire defensive coach. And if they had just a decent defense, they would have made the playoffs and probably beaten somebody in the first round, probably uh, Minnesota, just like the Giants did. But like this to me screams of meathead Dan Campbell, where he puts a big chew in, he goes in that draft room, he intimidates everybody, and he says, I want a running back and an inside linebacker like it's 1992 all over again. I mean, what are you doing, guys? Like any analytical human being in there who like looks at football progressively is saying to him, no. That's not what we're doing. We can get guys at that position in this draft, Dan, but it's not going to be right now. That's what needed to happen in there, man. Like, look, I'm not just saying this because the two, like the two teams I watched root for Syracuse and Pitt, Sean Tucker at Syracuse and a band of candy from Pitt. Either one of those guys could be thousand yard rushers in the NFL. I'm convinced of that. And there's well, probably especially three, behind the Lions offensive line. Right. And there's probably three or four other running backs that I would say the same thing about. What are you doing using the 12th pick on a running back? And and like Campbell tested, they're saying he's the next Luke Keekley, but still, it's an off-ball linebacker, dude. You didn't just take Micah Parsons. Okay, but but if uh, so alternate universe. They stay at six and 18. They don't pick up the extra draft capital. And it's Jalen Carter and Jack Campbell. I think it makes all the sense in the goddamn world. They complement each other, two front seven players, two interior players after Aiden Hutchinson on the edge. They re signed Kaminsky. Like all of a sudden, you're like, oh, they remade their front seven in two years. Like, you know what I mean? Like that that would have been a totally sensible thing to complement a top five offense in the NFL. Uh, a risky player in Carter, a safe pick in Campbell. Like, you know what I mean? Like that that would have yeah. like told a story that made sense. This two devalued positions, arguably the deep the deepest position at running back, and then the interior linebacker who doesn't have the guy to like clog up the the blockers in front of him to take care of it like I I was came into the night as a Bears guy terrified that the Lions were going to completely distance themselves from everyone else and yeah. the, the Lions are going to lie man now the one thing is everyone says the value in this draft is you know it's a it's a it's a two-round draft well 
five picks in the top 55 is good. Like may, maybe they're going to get four starters out of this draft and no superstars. Okay, fine. But I don't know that Jameer Gibbs is much better than DeAndre Swift. The whole thing shocked me. Uh, Lucas Van Ness to the Packers. They moved up, obviously, in the Aaron Rodgers trade, which finally went through. Have zero interest in ever drafting a wide receiver, apparently, in the first round. Will just refuse to do it. Yeah, to care. me, this was... Uh, it's a, it Right there is a huge position of need, though. Like, yep. to me, it was Van Ness uh, or Jackson Smith and Jigba. That was, like, the buzz around here at what they were going to do. So people were pretty much all over it. They went defense over offense. I think he's a very solid player who will classic probably... Classic Packers. Classic Packers. You know, edge rusher, bull rusher. I don't think he's going to be great, and I'd be shocked if he's bad. So the next four picks are an interesting story. Because I'm convinced something happened here with the Jets, Patriots, Washington, and Steelers. So the Steelers went from 17 to 14, okay? Yeah. The Steelers assistant GM, Andy Weidel, who came over from Philly, is like best friends with the Jets GM, Joe Douglas. They like the same type of players. They probably scouted the draft the same exact way. They also, as teams, had very similar needs. I am convinced that the Steelers knew that the Jets were going to take Broderick Jones at 14. And if there's one thing Bill Belichick loves doing, it's fucking over the Jets. Yes, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. 15, because of the trade with the Packers. Exactly. Belichick loathes the Jets. Now, he needs a corner. And he knows if he makes that trade, if the Steelers tell him, we're going up to get Jones, you have our word. The Jets aren't taking a corner. They just picked Sauce Gardner. So he can get the corner that he wants, get an extra pick, and F his former employer. So I think that's why you had a very seldomly done thing where the Steelers and Patriots made which made a trade with each other. I, I like that the Steelers were aggressive and got, like, for me, the last, sure, first-round pick left tackle. And then the only thing that was interesting to me on the back end of that was I think the Jets had to panic and they just went with Will McDonald because, okay, we'll just take another defensive lineman. That's how we like to build our team with guys on the line up front. And Emmanuel Forbes, who's 165 pounds, Danny, got drafted ahead of Christian Gonzalez, who if you went and looked at every like legitimate draft expert, like, it was a consensus top 10 rated player. Kuyper, McShay, Jeremiah, you name it. They all had him as a top 10 guy. And New England traded back, got an extra pick, picked him at 17, and Belichick kills it with defensive backs. And the guy's insanely fast. Like, just faster guy than basically everyone in the league. Family of sprinters, great athlete little undersized, but it's one of those weird things though, where I wonder like it, everyone in the world's going to say it was a value pick because the media had him as a top 10 pick and you get him at 17. What was the media? Oh, but plus Belichick though. Belichick's got the Midas touch with corners. That helps. That helps. But I just, I think we have a tendency to say, oh, it was a reach because of 
mock drafts that don't know anything or it was value. Well, you know the funny thing I heard about Gonzalez? I don't know if you heard this too, that turned teams off. Apparently he was asked, because you said the sprinter thing, who's the most competitive person in your family? And he said, I'd have to say my brother-in-law, David Blau. (laughs) How do you not say yourself, dude? That's a bad, that's a bad interview answer. That's a bad interview. How is he not coached by his agent to answer that question better? That's a bad interview answer. That's pretty funny. I mean, wouldn't I know this isn't draft day with Kevin Costner, but isn't that one of those things that you'd make you say, oh shit, I don't know if I want to invest a top 10 pick on a guy? Yeah. Yeah. Uh all right. Well, so we did Jack Campbell to the Lions. So now we get to Tampa, who I thought might be aggressive and trade up. Or even take Will Levis if he fell to him. Like, I, I I just was more expecting a move from them because they're in such no man's land. Uh, but they take Kalijah Kansi out of pit, who you know intimately well, 280 pounds, trying to kind of break the mold as an undersized three technique. What do you think? Well, he was awesome at pit. I mean, he gets Aaron Donald comparisons. That's stupid. Because there's only one Aaron Donald, even though they have the same exact measurables, 6'1", 280, and, or, or two, 230? Did I say 280? Maybe it's 250. Maybe it's, oh, it's 280. 280. 6'1", 280, and they ran like the same 40 time. But he's got the shortest arms of any defensive tackle like ever when they measured him. So he's got a little bit of the Skaronsky problem going. I think he'll be very good. I think he'll be all pro level maybe even. Oh, wow. But, you know, I mean, but, you know, I'm biased towards the guy. But I I do agree with you on this. Like, their quarterback situation is such a question mark. But I don't think Levis would have fixed it. To me, it would have just been like a – I know his skill set is not the same as Baker or um, Trask. Far from it. He throws a better ball. He moves better, even for a bigger guy. Dude, Trask is a zero. Yeah, that was such a horrible pick. It was a second-round pick, wasn't he? Yeah, he was, he was a second-round pick, and when they were eliminated in Week 18, they played Blaine Gabbard into the third yeah. quarter. Yeah, like, I mean, that was just brutal. Yeah, he's a, he's a complete zero. So, yeah, yeah Tampa, I, mean, I don't think really – I think Tampa got a good player, but I don't think it's going to move the needle for them unless they do more with their quarterback and coach, frankly. Yeah, they, they should – I mean, they should frankly take it, tank and try to get Caleb Williams.